there, listeners. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your hostess, Declare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. If you are a regular listener, then you may have noticed I've been scheduling, or actually I should say releasing my episodes on a Saturday or Sunday. Moving forward, I will be airing my episodes on a Monday. If you are a newbie, a new person listening in, this is a podcast conversing with inspiring, passionate, benevolent people from all around the world to learn about a variety of topics, mainly around metaphysics, quantum physics, spirituality, holistic health and well-being, and even those conspiracy theories. If you know anyone in the community that fits the criteria and they would like to share their philosophy, passion, or life journey, you can provide them with the email address that I've got in the podcast description, or you can take it down now. It's the963universalfrequency at hotmail.com. Provide them with my email address and they can contact me and I'll reach out to them. If you can hear the rain, it is raining today. There's also a lot of traffic happening out on the streets and there are a lot of birds. Birds just chirping and singing. It's a, it's, it's a pretty muggy day today being Sunday. I will be releasing this episode on Monday, as I had said. And uh, so I apologize for any birds chirping or horns beeping and the rain because it is raining pretty heavily where I'm at at the moment. But anyway, in today's episode, I have another impressive guest for you. Not only is she smart, intelligent, she's absolutely stunning. Everything about her radiates energy, abundance, and inner wisdom. I truly felt inspired after this discussion, and I completely understand why she is where she is in her life. She's quintessential of someone that has broken through the matrix and has found purpose. So in this episode, we will be talking about a a plethora of things, in particular, the brain and how it is a supercomputer, how we self-sabotage ourselves. She also shares her understanding of enlightenment and awakening, the matrix. We talk about mental health and education it it really is just a a conversation where we 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 talk about a lot of different things and so i think you'll find something beneficial if you already know the things that we're talking about or you know if you if you're completely new to this highly recommend you look into my guest further she's releasing a book that comes out in june which is really exciting time for her and i think for me as well because i'm i'm 100% going to be reading that book. So I think you'll find this episode beneficial if you are somebody that's struggling with self-sabotage, if you are somebody that is unfamiliar with macrocosm, microcosm, if you're somebody that's struggling to find the internal self of who you are. And And I feel as if that is so important that you need to know yourself internally for you to just radiate who you really are. So please enjoy this episode and I will catch you at the end. Joining me from South Carolina, United States is Kerry Smith. 
Kerry is knowledgeable in neuroscience, quantum physics, and psychology. She is also the founder and CEO of Infinite Solutions, where she is raising people's consciousness, spreading awareness, and helping others transform their lives by finding their passion, overcome their fears, and building confidence to pursue their dreams. And Kerry, you're not only a certified life mastery consultant, you are also a author. Yes of a new book that will be released soon in June, which is called Behind the Screen, Uncover the Truth. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you about that today. And I, I'm sure you are. You must be ecstatic to, to yes, be releasing Yes, I'm a book. super excited. Thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> and I look forward to kind of just this next chapter of my life and having an impact on more. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to have you here. So yeah, I'm truly grateful that you're connecting with me today. I thought that we could start off with, with your journey, how this all came about, how you came to be such a successful, passionate person and, and finding the dream. Well, it didn't always start off that way. Um, and that's kind of why I wrote a book, because I feel like we all have stories and we all have these experiences in life that shape our character. And um, some of them may not be the most positive. And I think there's a reason for every season that we go through in life, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Um, mm -hmm. So in, in my new book that I've released, I tell stories about some of the struggles that I went through as a kid, as a teenager, um, and as a young adult that really impacted my way of thinking about the world and thinking about interactions with other people. And I decided that um, it's worth sharing my stories to have a greater impact on others. And um, in Behind the Screen, I talk about going through, um, well, lots of things. <laughs> but um, the screen is your perception. It is really your lens of life. It's how you see yourself from an internal perspective and how you see others from an external perspective. But then also within that, how you view your environment and interactions around you. So we all have this lens of life that has been shaped by our past experiences. Some of that may be good, some of it may be bad, but either way it shapes us, right? Um, so the journey that I've been on has led me to this place where I believe that we need to kind of let down the walls. Mm -hmm. We need to open up, be more vulnerable, break the walls around our heart and soul and, you know, um, and really just open up to love and make the world a better place and connect to our power within. Absolutely. So it's, it's been a crazy ride, but I'm excited to be on the other side of this now. <laughs> yeah. So being awake, um, so your experience to awakening and also enlightenment, I'm not too sure if how you term the two, I think you can use them interchangeably, but to be awakened is when you come to realization of, uh, I guess, awareness of the non-material and then enlightenment would be, I suppose, learning from all of your karmic events that you've had in your life and then being able to make a decision compassionately, intelligently, and, and pretty much easily, more easily than what we would prior to not being enlightened. Would you say that you are 
awaken and enlightened? Do you find that there is a difference between the two or how, what are your thoughts on those two terms? That's a great, that, that's a great question. Um, I think that awakening is when you realize that you're so much greater than just this physical body in this physical world. You know, I say we are spiritual beings having a human experience and everything is energy. And when you realize that, and that there are more than just the three dimensions that we can sense with our five senses, there's 12 other dimensions that you can access with your consciousness. And I think that all of these terms may be new um, or they yeah. may not be because it's been talked about for ancient long time. It just depends upon if you were introduced to this concept or this way of thinking. Um, so awakening to me is realizing that you have a power breathing you that's greater than anything else in the physical world. Um, I believe there's a difference between ego and spirit, right? And so the egoic lens can cloud our judgment and it can impact our decision-making and it can negatively impact our life if we allow it to. However, you don't have to allow that to, you know, hold you down. You can override that way of thinking, which I like to call your subconscious mind. And you can become more conscious, raise your consciousness, raise your level of awareness and become awakened to the fact that, you know, I think, um, the Bible and all of the religions try to teach you that this is your power. I am, you are connected to the one and only universe of all creation. That's infinitely intelligent and almighty and expansive. Um, and when you realize that from the context that you can really apply to your life, I think that's more of an awakening, um, but also awakening to the presence of love and unconditional love and what that really means. So for me, my awakening was my son's birth. Um, so I'm a single mom. I've raised my son on my own since he was born. He's now 15. Like I said, I have a lot of stories that I share in my book behind the screen, right? Yeah. Behind all of this stuff, there's all this other stuff that happens that we typically don't share with the world. Um, but I want to share those stories to let other people know that, hey, you might not be alone in your struggles. There's some people that go through these things, but we don't have to be alone. Um, so that's a long-winded explanation of awakening. However, I think that enlightenment is what we are all seeking. Um, enlightenment is the highest vibrational frequency. Um, you know, um, monks and people who meditate and um, can really access that level of consciousness to a point where really nothing else matters. Um, I think that's really the enlightenment stage that we're all seeking. And most of us won't get to in this lifetime, but you can, and it takes dedication, practice, and yeah. the willingness, right? Absolutely. And before we get into your book, I would like to ask you about the structure of it. Obviously, I don't want to give away any spoiler alerts. I've done, I've done some of that in, in previous podcasts and I've gone, oh, damn, maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. But uh, I just wanted to <laughs> see, find out who your influences were. Yes. So Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, when I was, I would say my son was about three years old. Um, I was going through a hard time and I went to see a therapist and the best advice this therapist gave me was to read the book, the power of intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. 
I read that book and it changed my life. Um, it set me on, it introduced me to this way of thinking. It introduced me to a different, um, just conception of the world around you and how you think about things. And that was kind of the catapult to get me interested in more things, um, where, you know, then I would watch Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday. And I started following, you know, Marianne Williamson and Gabrielle Bernstein and Mastin Kip um, and Mary Morrissey, Tony Robbins, like all of these spiritual leaders, um, transformational that teach you kind of really the universal laws, if you will. Um, so that was really how I got on this journey of spiritual um, awakening and personal development. Yep. Great. Tony Robbins. Gotta love Tony Robbins. He's amazing. Yes. I mean, he's a man of his <laughs> own making. <laughs> Have you ever been to one of his shows? No, I haven't. I, I really want to one day I will. I've seen his documentaries and I just think to myself, man, I wish I could be over there right now and take part, but yeah, no, he's an amazing guy with, uh, the matrix. Now, I believe that you, you believe in the matrix and, and I wanted to know mm -hmm. what your understanding is of the matrix. Is it, is it the film, the matrix or <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how are people living in the matrix? Yeah. I love this question. I like that one. Um, okay. So in my book behind the screen, I talk a lot about the program. Okay, because I do believe we're living in a program, if you want to call it the matrix, the veil of reality between your conscious and subconscious mind, um, you know, what's truth and what's not truth, ego spirit, right, dark light, there's duality in the world, and that's always going to exist. So the program is really how you have been conditioned, right? So we're all conditioned. And in chapter two of the book, I talk about the power of your mind and Dr. Bruce Lipton, I think explains it the best of how he explains from a child's perspective, your brainwave frequency. Okay. So babies are born into this Delta brainwave frequency, which is almost like your sleep, right? But everything is being downloaded into your subconscious mind. All right. So should I describe what the subconscious mind is? Cause some people yeah, might not know. The yeah, difference. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So your subconscious mind is what operates you, this body, this physical being, um, 95% of the time. So it's the place where all of your memories are stored. Your experiences are stored. Your emotions are stored, but it's also the part of your brain that keeps your blood pumping, your, um, your heart beating, and it regulates your system to make sure that your body temperature is stable. Mm -hmm. Um, but the subconscious mind is what operates us on autopilot, right? This is, this is those unconscious reactions. So for instance, you go get into a car to go drive somewhere. You don't have to consciously think about, 
okay, now I have to put it in reverse and I have to put my foot on the gas and I have to back up and then I have to put my foot on the brake. Like all of those things your subconscious mind is doing without you having to really think about it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with learning to tie your shoes, right? When you're little and you first learn how to tie your shoes, you have to follow the instructions, but now we can do it without thinking about it, Mm -hmm. right? So this is your subconscious mind. But what people don't understand is from birth until about seven years old, you're you start off in the Delta, but then you go into a theta brainwave frequency, which is a slower frequency. Um, and it allows more information to be downloaded, downloaded mm-hmm. into this brain, which I like to call your supercomputer because it is like a supercomputer. We just don't know how to operate it. And the problem is we don't realize how it has been programmed since childhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm a life coach and I, I work with clients on helping them overcome their subconscious program because we pick up certain beliefs. Um, we pick up memories, we pick up experiences through life that shape us, like I said in the beginning, um, but they stick with us and we don't even realize that that is the cause of maybe some of our self-sabotaging habits or unconscious behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. We don't realize it. We just continue to live life as if, you know, nothing, we can't change anything, but you can change it and you can change your, your way of thinking. So I believe that's the program. The program or the matrix is um, how you have been conditioned since a child. Now there's social conditioning that can come from the macro level or the micro level right? So macro level social conditioning are these roles, governmental controls that are put in place to keep people safe, um, but maybe keep people out of some of the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Um, For control, because you have to, you know, when you have 7 billion people on the planet, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I guess there's ways to control those um, things. And some of that may not be serving us. So you have the social conditioning from a governmental institutional level, um, you know, the education system, the financial system, the healthcare system, all of these systems have put some sort of control or some sort of um, stability in place, if you will. And then the micro level conditioning is what you pick up as a kid from your parents, grandparents, siblings, teachers, caretakers, right? And they instill in you certain beliefs about yourself and about the world around you. And when you're young, when you're five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, you don't know any different, right? So you just believe that and that becomes part of your program in your mind. And so in the book, I like to say we are like supercomputers walking around on autopilot, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't realize maybe we haven't been awakened yet to the fact that this is a supercomputer and we've been programmed. So that's kind of my take on the matrix um, from certain perspectives. Okay. So would you say that? the macro or micro one of them is more important than the other or do they work together in unit like as in i i suppose when i think about being a child five to you to your teens that's a, a crucial time pretty much because that's yeah. where your parents are molding you like you had had said and and 
would you say that that is more important than all of the other exterior? Because I do feel as if when it comes to parents and it comes to people that are molding children at that age, that seems to be just such an important time in their lives. And that seems to be where I feel a lot of people go wrong. I'm not saying that there's a lot of bad parents out there, but a lot of people, like you had mentioned before, people are conditioned Mm -hmm. into believing and thinking a certain way. That's obviously changing a lot. I think that it really depends on which way you look at it, right? So you can become conditioned in a positive way. You can become conditioned to believe that I am beautiful. And no matter if I have, you know, what my weight is, what my hair looks like, if I have makeup on, whatever kind of clothes I'm wearing, I'm beautiful, right? But, you know, we're not conditioned to see that because of advertising and social media and this perfection and instant gratification. So it really all depends um, on your perspective. I believe that this has been a generational problem for, for a long time. And these, I like to call them faulty programs, just keep getting passed down from generation to generation. Um, and, you know, from a macro level perspective, there are um, people don't realize this, right? I think that I believe in a higher power. Um, I believe that there is uh, an almighty higher power. I don't put a name to it because I don't agree with the division or the separation. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, I was raised Catholic. Um, but I don't agree with religion and how it's separate. It's separate because we are all one and we all need to realize that, my thoughts and my actions affect the multiverse. Every interaction affects everything. Um, So to answer your question, I think that maybe from a macro level, we need to raise more awareness to reach more masses of people to shift the generational crap that keeps getting pushed down to the micro level. So if we can raise our consciousness to a level to impact more people Mm -hmm. and get more people to understand this way of thinking, then they can affect their own family units. Um, But until we get that it's going to be hard because people are unaware. That's the problem is people don't realize this. They, they're not, they haven't been introduced to it maybe. So it's, it's really shifting your perspective of life. And that's what I hope my book will do and have an impact. Just going back to the macrocosm in relation to government control, them limiting the truth and social conditioning, all of that. Some believe it ought to be a conspiracy theory. What's your perspective? Yeah. So um, I, I, I do believe that there are forces on this planet um, that may not have the best interest for everybody from this perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet and it just keeps growing and we're using more of our resources. We're using the equivalent of 1.7 earths is the statistic um, from 2020. So we're using more of our resources on this planet than we can um, biologically sustain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I believe that governments and people, elite people, know much more than they let the general public on to believe. Um, I do believe that, you know, back in the 1900s, Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein, um, they understood the universal laws and that energy is everything and that you can, with your mind, you can do powerful things. From that perspective, I believe that there is some sort of um, veil that they don't um, let out to the general public, if you will. So yes, I do mm-hmm. believe that there are some things in place that may not serving, may not be serving humanity in the best way. And I think if we could switch the lens and show more positive news versus negative news, just that would have a global impact because where you focus your attention is where you place your energy. So if we're going to pay attention to all the negative, then we're just creating more negative energy on the planet. Let's shift that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Sometimes I just think I, I must admit I am into the conspiracy realm, but -hmm. sometimes I just think, nah, that's enough. I just got to have a break. I'm sure some of this is true, but it's, there just seems to be so much negativity sometimes. Um, so that's why I really enjoy the mm-hmm. spiritual side of it. Obviously, I'm still aware, like I yeah, uh, I don't want to be an ignorant person. So I do consider that is a possibility, but sometimes things just feel right and some things don't. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that because it it, it is so hard to to raise children in a in a world where we're so conditioned and how do you stop the conditioning other than the the child or the person being taught (laughs) by their parents about how they need to I guess get through issues Mm -hmm. through school emotional intelligence emotional awareness all that type of stuff but I love your your answer it was great Thank you. I love these questions because I researched this. This is what I talk about. I dove down the rabbit hole of quantum physics and neuroscience and psychology and just, I watch Gaia. I don't know if you know of of Gaia. Gaia. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I am a Gaia. Like that is how I've learned a lot of things. I follow Dr. Uh, Greg Braden and Dr. Teresa Bullard. I love her. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you start to, when you start to understand like the numerology and the golden ratio and the Fibonacci sequence, and just, I mean, you can't argue Mm. with nature. You can't argue with it because you just can't. And it just shows you what a higher power and just how infinitely intelligent the universe is. And we think we're the smart ones. (laughs) Far from it. I mean, look at how, look at the roots of the trees. Mm -hmm. Just trees can teach you something about Mm -hmm. life. You know, the, the mushrooms underground that just connect everything. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I agree. And 
sometimes you don't even need to to research things just to know you've just got to observe you Mm. observe it and you understand it that's all you need to do or experience it but yeah no I am I'm a huge believer in just experiencing everything and trying to find who you are you need to not be so narrow-minded and go no I only believe this you know be open to thinking that anything could be true and possible and then usually you find what sounds really ridiculous and someone just says something you go nah that's crazy sorry (laughs) well I agree and like you said um what's it gonna take kind of to change and I think you know from a scientific perspective, there's a catalyst. There has to be an introduction of something, a catalyst Mm. to drive change, right? And so in our lives, usually the catalyst or the wake-up call is death, disease, or divorce, the three Ds, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, And that kind of will give you the wake-up call to really, wow, tomorrow isn't promised to any Mm. of us but we walk around like it is right. Um, and we don't, and, and we forget just how precious this life is and how precious relationships are and how precious people are and how precious this is right. Um, your heart, um, I forget where I was going. No, it was great. I don't, I, I didn't even know either, but I was just like, I forgot the question. (laughs) If there was a question. (laughs) Oh, the the catalyst. catalyst. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I think, I think the catalyst really in 2020, and I think from a universal perspective, we're going through a shift, an energetic shift on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I think the catalyst was the virus and the virus is invisible, Mm -hmm. right? It's invisible, but it affected everybody on the whole planet. It brought us all together in some way, shape or form. It stopped us from running the hamster wheel of life and really to shift our perspective of what's important. So I think that the catalyst from a global perspective, um, was the virus. And I hate to say that it, it, you know, it, it all depends on your belief, right? But that's how it is. It all depends on your belief. So it can either bring you together or it can divide Mm -hmm. you. And I hate to see the division because that's what we need to break. We need to break down the walls and stop the hate and stop the division and realize, come on, we're all connected. We all came from the same source. I definitely think I'm, I'm at that point now. I don't know if you're, you feel the same, but when you hear something bad, it obviously, you, you take it in and you digest it, but then you also go, this kind of had to happen for us to move and shift into this direction is pretty much is what you were saying, mm-hmm. but something positive always comes out of something negative. Yeah. That whole mm-hmm. divide mass psychosis situation it really doesn't need to be that way you can just go yeah I feel for the people that are having to go through that and what do we got to do so that that doesn't happen again I'm actually not following the news to be honest I try I try to stay away from the news as much as possible Mm -hmm. and if I I don't watch it I don't know what goes on in the world unless somebody tells me yeah stick to Gaia. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Yeah I say that's my Netflix for spirituality I watch Gaia so (laughs) <laughs> but um, I, I had had a discussion with somebody not long ago and they said to me, yeah, but if you keep in this world of la-la land, woo-woo land, I think is what they meant, you're, you're going to get ignorant and you're going to 
you know, is off with the fairies type situation. I just disagreed with it completely. It's like, well, should I keep thinking about these negative things that are happening in the world and keep feeling down? And, and I just feel as if you keep looking into those things and living in that world, you just, that's going to be your world. So why not move into a, a world where things are positive and happy and energetic and lively? Well, I think we co-create our own realities. And when you realize that, then you can gain more control, right? Over what you want to experience in life. Um, I think people have been conditioned to believe in the limitations and the conditions. I believe that they, they just don't think that there's anything I can do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there are things that you can do. One, you don't have to watch the news and fund the programming, Right. Of the negative news. So just that takes one viewer out of the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> takes one more. Right. So it, it, it's really, it's, it's the power of community and the power of people. Cause we have more power mm-hmm. together. Right. So if, if we can teach others that you don't have to stay conditioned, um, it, you don't have to feed into the negativity mm-hmm. is what I'm yeah. trying to say. And that's, I think your perspective and mine is we don't watch the news because I don't want to feed into that negativity. Yeah. It exists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't need to watch it to reinforce the negativity because then it only reinforces it in my energy circle and that's in mm-hmm. my home and that's going to affect my kids. And then if my kid, my child, yeah, <laughs> I'm talking for other people. Yeah. Right. So if you stay stuck on that, you're dwelling in a lower vibrational frequency. Mm-hmm. Let's raise our vibrational frequencies because when you raise it, you raise it on the planet. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Love everything you're saying. <laughs> now it is mental health month in America at the moment. Yes. Yep. And your book does touch on mental health. Is that correct to say? Yeah. Yes. Um, so yes. When you do talk about the mental health crisis, what does that mean to you? And, and how have you, without giving any spoiler alerts, but how have you incorporated that in your, sure. in your book? Yeah. So um, I'll just tell you kind of the stories that lead up in my book. My parents got divorced when I was a kid. Um, so I talk about the effects of going through a divorce as a young child. Um, and then I was in an interracial relationship where my family disowned me. Um, I was in a really bad relationship where he cheated on me, broke my heart and just all of those things that shaped kind of who I was, was as a teenager. Um, and then I got into drugs and alcohol. So, um, I dealt with depression and anxiety. Um, when I was 14, my doctor put me on a depression medication. So mental health is huge for me. I have people in my family who struggle with you know, depression, anxiety, OCD, my son has ADHD, like there's all these, right. There's all these diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Um, but it all just goes back to right here, this supercomputer, Mm -hmm. um, that creates these electrical impulses that send signals to create your feelings. And those feelings is what, you know, the mental health, I call it a mental health pandemic, um, because people are struggling people are struggling. Um, the world has changed and I don't, 
think that we have enough support outreach in place for the people that are struggling and more so our youth, Mm -hmm. you know, our young kids that are having to go through this. Um, So to me, depression is huge. Anxiety, suicide, bullying at school, you know, the social media comparison syndrome, all of these things affect the minds of our youth. And that becomes a program as they grow up into adulthood. And so the faulty programs just continue. Um, I think that we need to break down the walls and we need to talk about mental health is critical. We need to be teaching our kids how to deal with their emotions, how to process heartbreak, how to process anger, how to process the raging hormones as a teenager when you're dealing with parents and you're dealing with teachers and you're dealing with all of these extra things that just bombard us and cause us to have that anxiety or get depressed or even think suicidal thoughts. I recently lost two people from high school um, because of this. And it is sad because one person, you know, left behind two kids and a wife, right? And a family. And it's just sad to know that people struggle behind the screen alone and it's dark. It's not a fun place to be. So I think we need to talk about it more and open up and say, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say that I'm feeling this way because so many people struggle over 50 million people on the planet struggle with just depression and anxiety. I I do feel as if, yeah, there's just so many people through work, uh, people that have either lost their jobs or not really handled the situation of what's been happening. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but I think Australia has been been okay. But there is some fields where, especially with the pandemic and having to get the, the jab or the vaccine, um, people just were against it. So that impacted a lot of people. And then- Yeah, you were forced- were you? F- we were forced. That's bad. Yeah. See, I don't um, agree with that. No, no. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Right. That. Thank you. <laughs> and so then you've got, <laughs> and then you've got a lot of people that have gotten the the three boosters and have gone, oh wow, I just got these three boosters, and maybe I should have just waited it out because eventually it was just going to end. So yeah, that impacted a lot of people, and. Um, I just even think wearing the masks as well, because we actually had to wear masks. Um, you'd see people walking the streets wearing their mask. They'd be out in the fresh air. And I just thought, you're walking on your own, walking down the street. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I think that as well made a lot of people depressed. Um, but in just in saying that, I, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things that make people depressed as well. It's, you know, drugs and so much more, you know, especially for a parent struggling with mental illness and, and the child picks up from that. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely prevalent and suicide seems to be quite common in men. I don't know what America is like. It's more common in men. Yeah. And that's because us women like to just ramble on and talk about our lives. (laughs) 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 I don't know if that's true, but sometimes I feel like it is. Um, (laughs) We say what's on our mind all the time. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's part of it. I'm not too sure. So uh, the structure of your book, how have you laid that out for your, your readers? 
Yeah, so I introduce you to the program. Chapter one is welcome to the program. <laughs> Hi, I'm me. Me meet you, right? It's all a screen. It's it's a it's a lens of how you see things and how you view things, snapshots of sensations stored for later. Um, so chapter one, I introduce you to the program. Chapter two, I talk about the power of your mind. I explain the difference between your conscious and subconscious mind. And chapter three, I get into my download, my own personal download of what I went through. And so I use my stories um, of struggle and triumph to teach the readers a seven-step life timeline system of transformation. What's your life timeline? It's from birth until today, right? So over the course of this timeline, you have experienced certain situations. You have certain memories that are triggered through emotions, because that's how the brain works is it's, it's an emotional trigger that triggers that memory and, or the response. Um, so I teach the readers how the seven steps of how to overcome your subconscious programming, gain more control at the wheel of your life, um, and then reprogram your mind to attract what it is you really want but what people don't realize, you know, I talk about the law of attraction. I talk about universal laws. People don't realize the law of resonance is what seals the deal, right? So they, you know, they talk about the law of attraction and I have to visualize, which is all true. And I teach you how to do that, but they forget about the law of resonance, which is I have to assume that way of thinking and feeling now in order to mm -hmm. become that. So I teach you how to overcome the subconscious program, reprogram your mind, step into the life that you really want to have, and then resonate in that energy so that you can actually achieve whatever it is you want. Because I've done it. I've applied these universal laws to my life for the past 10 years, and I have accomplished everything I have set my mind out to do. Like four years ago, I read a book by Gabrielle Bernstein. I said, I'm going to write a book. And I wrote a book and it's going to be launching on June 1st. And my next vision, which will happen, is I'm going to be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. I can, I will, I am. I will be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. Because what people don't also realize is that the mere doubt in your own mind kills that in the universe. I don't doubt it. I know it. 100% without a doubt. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sit there yeah. with Oprah. I hope that I'm I believe her. you. I believe you. Yeah, I, I know. And the more, the more I believe it, the more other people believe it. And I'm just going to attract it to me. Oprah's team is going to call me and they're going to be like, Carrie Schmidt, we'd like you to come to Maui to interview with Oprah <laughs> in her garden, you know, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do you feel right. my energy? Do you feel that energy? I do. Okay. That Absolutely. people I want some of it. Yes. So that is the energy that I I teach I teach my clients how to literally step into the feeling tone of what you want to attract because that's resonance and you become a tuning fork in the universe and then that's how mm -hmm. the attraction works. So don't forget about yeah. resonance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where would we be without resonance? Uh, you a Joe Dispenza fan by any chance? Yes, I love Joe Dispenza. <laughs> Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is another book I forgot to mention, which actually led me on this journey to 
reprogram my mind and write the book mm-hmm. and all of that. So 100%, I love Joe. I, I just have to commend you again on writing a book because every time I speak to somebody that has written a book or somebody that has, has found their passion and they're very knowledgeable in what they do, what they love, it's all, they've, they've always found a book that's led them to, to who they are. So your book is potentially will most likely reach yeah. out a lot of people. To know that is such an exciting thing. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really happy. I'm like, I'm so happy for you that you're actually doing this. And yeah, books are great. Thank you. <laughs> I I can't. It's 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 been an it's been such an incredible journey. And I'll say in just because I share my own personal stories, like I share things that I wouldn't tell people, like. I share stories of, I used to sell drugs. Okay. I share stories of how I got robbed in the projects. Like, I don't think I would ever tell anybody that as an adult and especially a mother, like, however, there's so much that people don't share. And so therefore you think you're different, right? Mm. You think, you think, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but that's not true, you know? And so I hope to reach those people that are trying to fill the voids, the voids of heartbreak, the void of feeling unloved, the void of feeling unfulfilled, the void of feeling like there's got to be something more out there, but I don't know what it is. So instead I'm going to sit back and I'm going to drink or I'm going to emotionally eat, or I'm going to, you know, whatever it is right? There's these voids that we're all trying to fill, but we can, we can learn how to fill the voids with positive things instead of the negative. And that is really the impact. Like I, my vision is to reach, teach, and transform over 1 million lives globally. And hopefully the book is just getting me into the door to do that. I pray. I feel it in my soul. (laughs) And so I know that if, if you can just step out and I say, take baby steps every single day, if it's just one thing I can do today. So if it's, I got to write a story today, one day, you know, and then I'm going to have to put this into the book and then I'm going to have to reorganize my chapters and I'm going to have to piece the book together. It took me three years to write this book. Three years. Yeah. I, I, I will be honest with you. I've been writing a book, but it's been take, it's taken me 12 years. So I can give you advice on how to, how to bring it across the finish line okay. because most people I've heard so much ever, ever since I've done this, I've heard so many people say, oh, I have a book it's in here, or I've written a book or it's, it's, you know, yes. and it's like, okay, if you have it on your heart and soul to write, mm-hmm. then you have a story to share with the world right? And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's really just defining what do I really want? You know, do I want to share this with the world? Do I want to finish the book? Cause if so, then do it because you can do it. It's just every single day. There's an hour in every single day that you can take aside to bring your dream to fruition. Mm -hmm. What if it's done, but you are reluctant to publish it? then you have some spiritual, personal transformation to still yeah. go through. I feel like yeah. I've been working on it. 
I've been trying different things. Okay. Well, there's, I, I have coaching programs <laughs> that address just that. <laughs> I did check out your programs actually. I thought, hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess you always think that you have to go in, but now everything is online. So it doesn't feel weird anymore. Like I went to, I've been going to quite a few different webinars and, and it feels the norm now. Uh, but I guess my time, well, I guess still to this day, we, we are still going to school and interacting with other pe people. But I feel as if online, it's just different, you know, interacting with other people. But I'm used to it now. I feel as if this is actually better. You're in the comfort of your own home and you're, um, it's, a lot, it's a lot more relaxed. You don't really need to interact with anyone except listen and and you can interact by chatting through your computer. I think it's just getting right. used to that. Well, so. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm connecting with you from the United States and you're in oh, Australia, so right? Cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there, there would be no other way that I would connect with you. Yesterday mm -hmm. I was on a podcast with a gentleman in England and the day before another lady in England. So it's like, you know, there are certain ways that this is connecting us in such great ways. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe the the power of connection on a personal level is so great. Like you just connect so much more, mm -hmm. but even just being able to see your face and hear your voice, I feel like you're right in front of me. And yeah, it's really no, cool. yeah me <laughs> it is. It's really cool. And, you know, the, I, I coach my clients on a program called the dream builder program. I went through the program myself because the reason why I started seeking coaching is because I wanted to go through coaching. I wanted to go through some of these programs to overcome my own way of thinking and get out of my own voids. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so through the journey, I've gone through it and I have applied everything. And that's why it took me three years to write the book is because everything that I'm teaching, I'm applying to myself. I'm applying it to my relationship right now with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Like I've been through really bad relationships and we build up walls and, um, we have these defense mechanisms, if you will, mm -hmm. that we build to prevent ourselves from getting hurt again. I think, especially as a woman, and I'm sure that a million women can relate to this feeling. If you've been cheated on, if you've had your heart broken, if you had to pick yourself up off the ground and figure out a way to move on, you build up these defense mechanisms. And mine is I'm out, peace out, lose my phone number. <laughs> I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't stick around. <laughs> however, however, if I continue to if I continue to do that, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, which I had been single for a really long time, but it got kind of lonely. And I'm like, all right. And so now my boyfriend, we work through these things and we, and he knows my triggers and he has the same triggers. So we actually try to work through them together, but it's a beautiful thing when you can work through that with someone else and evolve mm -hmm. from that emotional perspective with a partner you know, it, it's really cool. So it's, you have to do the work yourself too. Um, I think that's what a lot of people forget about as well. When they go see even say a, a spiritual healer and, they, and a good spiritual healer will say to you as well, it's, it's that you need to participate. You need to help yourself. For me to help you, you need to, to do it, yeah. do some work. I think a lot of people forget that. And um, 
Yeah. So they just give up quite easily. Right. Okay. I don't want to do the work. But here's what they don't realize is they will attract the same situation until they do the work. So I think that's another thing people don't realize is you will just continue to manifest the same types of relationships until you realize that you need to do some work in here. Mm -hmm. And when you change in here, then you change the exterior. Yep. Absolutely. I know you said that your next future goal would be on Oprah Winfield. Uh, Oprah Winfield? Is that the right? Did I pronounce it? I'm sorry. I'm Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Win Winfrey. Mm -hmm. Is there any other? Well, I'm going to be doing you? a book tour. So as soon as the book's released, I'm doing pop-up events at different breweries here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Um, I'm going to travel back to my old hometown in Pennsylvania. Um, I'd like to go out to Sedona, Arizona and Los Angeles. So I'm just going to start touring. And my goal is to speak on stages and just reach larger, larger mm -hmm. audiences. Particularly, I would love to speak to high schools and colleges. I just, you know, give me 200 or 500 kids. Yep. I don't care. <laughs> Put me on stage and let me teach them that they're not so different and that they can, they can co-create their reality. Cause I think, you know, I think they get that from social media so much, like my son's 15. So I get to see the mind of a teenager. They learn more on YouTube and social media than, than they're mm -hmm. learning in school. And, um, is that a good thing? Good thing or I a think, bad thing. I don't <laughs> I think you can find some really good things on YouTube yeah. educational information but I think you can too like for instance my son's into building or like engineering and stuff so he I mean he's super smart um everybody has a different way of learning too so I think you know I don't know about the education system where you're at but in the United States it's just like it is what it is um and I don't think it's suitable for everyone my son is one person who struggles with ADHD mm -hmm. and school has been hell for him and I since kindergarten. Yeah. Hell. Okay. <laughs> now it's, it seems to be, uh, that seems to be very common in a lot of children here in Australia having ADHD. My two nephews have, have been di diagnosed with that as well. So yeah. And every time I speak to a parent, a friend, they, have said similar things as well. So yeah, that seems to be very common ADHD. Well, I will say this because my son, I could, I, I would be an advocate for parents to being a single mom, not only, you know, growing in my career and everything else, but having to deal with the school system. Mm -hmm. Kids with ADHD are smart. Okay. Oh, yeah, they, they that. have a different level of thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, they, sh I don't can, you know, saying it's a disorder, how, why, why is it a disorder? Because they're different because they think differently. Um, because some of the most intellectual and successful people have ADHD, Will Smith. Um, I found out Carrie Underwood, um, like, uh, Henry Ford, all of the people who have invented or, mm. you know, become these successful entrepreneurs, a lot of them have ADHD. 
So it's just a different way that they process things Mm -hmm. in their mind, but then also react. And so when you're trying to train people as factory workers in a school setting, a kid with ADHD doesn't fit in. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's another like condition, that's social conditioning. And it it gives people with ADHD, a negative uh, persona, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I hate that they have that. Like, I don't, I wish that my son didn't feel as if, you know, he's different and that he doesn't fit in with regular people because that's how he's been made to feel. Mm. My nephew, he is only nine and uh, look, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I don't know anything about that stuff, but he's, my son is, he's created a computer game. I don't know how hard that is to do, but he shows me and it's, he's pretty much created a, a game and you can play with somebody else. Mm. I, is this, am I, you know, like, what have I missed? <laughs> but to me, I look at that and I think you're a smart kid. You've created a computer game. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's an easy thing for all kids to do, but I've never seen a system I don't, like I that. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's really smart. And, and, you know, my son's a gamer, yeah. right. And they have their own community. I mean, he doesn't have very many friends in like real life, mm-hmm. but on online, he has a whole community of people and they talk and they share and they laugh. And it's, again, it's a different world we're living in yeah. and we're going to see where it takes us. I don't know. Yeah. Looking back at school, my (laughs) education, I don't see why students couldn't just focus on what subjects they were good at. There should have been some more flexibility around that. I was good at music, creative writing, performing arts, history, and all the other subjects I just passed. And I found them quite stressful, not because I couldn't get a better grade or I didn't understand the topic. I I just, I've come to a realization that I just didn't find it interesting and I didn't really care about it at the time. And I find now that I'm older, as you get older, you then become, or you start to research those topics that that are important and you take the information that you want from those subjects and you then apply it to your life. And I I think that's how it should be. That's just my perspective. I'm not a teacher. I'm not someone in the education system but for for somebody that has had an education and has developed into to being who I am today perhaps if students were encouraged to follow their passions and the topics that they actually are interested in then maybe they would know themselves sooner rather than later and there would be less mental health issues if you know we we didn't have the stress of you've got to get a job you've got to get good money you have to be this type of person in society you um but anyway that's just my perspective or maybe it's all designed to be like that for our path so so what's next for you Carrie what's next in your path everything that you've got going your book you're gonna be on Oprah I'm really hanging out I'm gonna I'm gonna tune into I didn't even know Oprah was still doing interviews well I thought she retired. No, I don't know. She'll interview me. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> I believe you. I so believe you. <laughs> We're going to make that happen. Uh, if you could <laughs> if you could give the the everyday person, um sorry not everyday person, but if you could give 
universal advice, uh, what would it be? What would be the the one thing that you would just want to communicate to everybody and to change the world? Your perspective, your perspective shapes your reality. So how you view yourself, how you view the outside world, your programming, you know, how you think um, creates your feelings, creates your actions and creates your results. Um, so sometimes you have to flip your perspective. Sometimes you have to clean your screen. Um, sometimes you have to go inside and do some work so that your screen can be more clear so that you can see clearly into life and see all of the beauty and the goodness that is available to every single one of us. So I would leave the, the, the audience with get my book behind the screen, which <laughs> will help you uncover the truth, connect to your power, passion, and purpose so that you can really overcome those unconscious behavior patterns or self-sabotaging -sab self behaviors and step into your true purpose of why you're here. Because we're all here for a reason. This spirit is here and our will has a will to expand. And that's why if you're longing for something greater, it's time to check, give, give yourself a real honest check and see what it is because we're here for a reason. Um, and everybody has a gift to share with the world. Love it. Love it. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. How can people find you? Um, so you can go to carrie-schmidt.com. Um, that's my website on Facebook. I'm at coach Carrie Schmidt and Instagram. I'm at care bear Schmidt. Um, my nickname's Care Bear. <laughs> my really? Mom... I'm, I'm Care Bear too. Uh, I'm Esther Claire Bear. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I love <laughs> were that. You were, you a, were you a Care Bear fan? Oh yeah, for sure. The Care Bears were the best when we were little. <laughs> they were the best. Bears in the clouds? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. See? <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I cut you off. Okay. I'll also leave your links in the podcast description. Great. Thank you. Uh, I hope. I hope we covered all of your all yes of this has been great i love the questions and this yes. is just a super great interview thank you so much oh good thank you so much and yeah i love your responses just everything about you your your, your words of wisdom it's thank you. yeah so i hope it reaches out to a lot of listeners and i think it will good and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing you on oprah yes please let's stay in <laughs> touch this is good stuff yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right. That ends the conversation with Kerry Smid. I trust you found some, if not all, the information useful and easy to retain. I really enjoyed that conversation. I love it when people can talk metaphysics, quantum physics. Ugh, I'm in awe. And I do believe we as human beings are an accumulation of perspectives and any identity limits you. Again, I reiterate Albert Einstein's quote, imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited to all we now know and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. Don't get me wrong, but science with all of its technology only proves the physical. 
Science can provide the knowing, however, it's limited. And what limits the study of science is our own imagination and its technology. Being open to mysticism and the quantum world, other religions, ancient practices. Science does claim that there are 10 to 13 spatial dimensions and we as humans in the physical reality can only see one dimension. So science does not claim that they know everything, but they are about facts, I believe. They, that limits them to what they can actually achieve. So how far technology will take us? I don't really know. Will technology take over us? Potentially. It's already kind of happening. Um, you know, having technology to provide us with data and information is pretty much controlling us in a way. So it's so important to to be opened to there being more than just science and data. We need to get beyond the scientific logic that makes us feel comfortable. Because even though we now live in houses, drive cars, and we're able to fly planes and visit other countries and, and have laws and regulations that are supposedly designed to protect us. And don't get me wrong, there are some laws that are definitely beneficial to us as a society. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are happier than those that lived in the past. We have definitely lost a lot of knowing self and well-being. Whether or not you believe Albert Einstein was real or not, that is an amazing quote. That quote, I don't think, can do anybody any harm other than other than the, the people that are studying science. <laughs> so all I'm saying is have an open heart, have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.